0: Funeral days should always be like this one. Dark skies threatening to burst and wind on the rise. All the elements conspiring together to remind us that nature's in charge. Biblical. That's what the weather should be on funeral days. Bob Meachin is being laid to rest at the Cathcart Cemetery following a service at the Shalins Kirk. I'm going. I can't not go. Harry Blair told me that the police traced some relatives, a son that lived in London with his family, including Meechan's two grandchildren, a nephew, in Kilmarnock, and a couple of cousins who live locally. Not local enough to stop the man lying undiscovered for two weeks, clearly. I've cleaned the flat, handed in my report and the keys to the fisco, and declared it fit for human habitation. The clean is a science, clinical, regulated, precise, Getting rid of stains and pathogens is the easy bit. Cleansing a home of memories, emotions and all the ghosts of guilt is much harder. Thankfully, that's not my job, because I'm hopeless at it. Shalins Kirk is a handsome, blonde, gothic building on the corner of Mossside Rose and Pollockshaws Road. I'm sheltering against the outer walls of the granary pub across the way, with a clear view of those passing through the church's broad red doors. It's clearly a busier affair than Tommy Agnew's, A few family groups are inside already, and I've seen people of various ages make their way in. Most of them are older, but there are a few younger ones that might be neighbours or relatives. A taxi arrives, and I see someone struggling to get out of the far side of it. I sense who it is before I see them. The cab pulls away, leaving the stocky figure in a black suit, to pass through the black, wrought iron gates, and hobble towards the front doors. Jackie Stevenson is leaning heavily on his stick and something is leaning heavily on his shoulders. His progress is slow and laboured against the wind. There's no sign of the only other mourner I've been on the lookout for. No fifty-something man with cropped dark hair. No tall intense stranger in a tailored suit. There's only a couple of minutes left before the service is due to start. I better go in if I'm going. I cross the road quickly. Hurry down the path and through the red doors that are faded through the years of staring into the afternoon sun. There are maybe thirty people inside, dotted around in a cluster of mourning. It's an old and theatrical church, the altar like a stage with its red-walled backdrop. To the sides, tall pillars curved together into extravagant arches that frame the gallery seating above us. I sit at the back, weary of turning to find someone sitting behind me. Jackie Stevenson is two rows from the front. I see a couple of people come up and talk to him, commiserations offered. Our acquaintance is renewed. His back is broad, his hair grey and sparse. He's staring forward, where Meechan's oak coffin sits on a wooden stand. There's a shuffle of feet, and more people appear in the aisle, heading for the front row. There's a tall man, a woman on his arm, two sullen teenagers behind them. They're followed by a woman in her seventies, and another couple, heads bowed, who might be around 50. Part of me wants to shout out. Tell them what I know. Tell them that Meech's death was no accident. That him dying so soon after Tommy Agnews was no coincidence. They deserve to know. I don't. Instead, I sit and wait and watch. I let them have their ceremony, undisturbed. Let their moment of duty and contemplation pass without being invaded by a harsh reality. There are two main reasons that I say nothing. First, that the idea of making a public announcement in front of strangers is terrifying. Second, that I don't want to interrupt the one moment of communal guilt that they're likely to allow themselves. I'm hoping that they're enjoying some remorse right now. That they have the good grace to admit to themselves that they should have looked in on him. That they should have at least phoned or emailed or even just wondered why they hadn't heard from him. I want them to be suffering from that right now and have no intention of letting them off the hook by telling them that the truth is even worse than they're imagining. The minister comes in, a grey man, with a serious face. I think he practises this look in front of the mirror. Maybe he has a different face for weddings and christenings. He delivers a sermon, a much more personal effort than Father Mackenzie's was for Agnew. The son has clearly written a lot of this, or at least given the information. I learn a lot of things I didn't know. The only child of Robert and Jean Meachin was born in Deniston in 1946 and brought up in Partick. He worked as a welder in the shipyards, doing his time in the Fairfield Yard in Govan.